Uh, you both know the Wilhelm scream, correct? Um, that it's maybe? the very famous uncopyrighted scream that's in every movie that goes like, oh. okay, yeah, All right, I do, yeah. I, yes, See, that's the noise that I make when I cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but now that problem is solved for me because of the Lawnmower 3.0, Manscaped's new beautifully designed trimmer to reduce any of those painful nicks and tugs. It comes as part of their perfect 3.0 package, including some anti chase deodorant and spray on toner to keep everything fresh both below and above the belt and it even comes in an amazing carrying case so order your manscaped products today and you can get 20 percent off plus free shipping from manscaped.com when you use code dnvr20 at checkout and cole gets another good righty and another right by cole a left by cole this time tipped in front by mika rentinen he shoots and scars Nathan McKinnon, Cole J, T, Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, Collective Hugs, 29 and 92. See me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. My go-to place for my Breckenridge Brewery as I'm wearing the shirt here today. I'm Nathan Rudolph. Joining me as always is AJ Hayfley, but we also have a special guest on the show today, former ABS social media person, Emily Wade. Emily, thank you for coming on. And if you want to introduce yourself far better than I just did, feel free to. No, that's pretty good. Happy to be here. Kind of, actually. Yeah, as close as we can get these days, right? Either way, excited for the show, excited to kind of dive into the social media side of the NHL experience and all of that. I guess, for starters, how did you get your start with the Avalanche and and social media networking in general? I applied for a social media internship in college. Uh, I went to Kansas, so Kansas Athletics, obviously a big deal. So that's why AJ likes you. I see. Okay. But it was the first time they had a social media intern. They were just kind of starting up their accounts. And I just applied because I needed to do an internship. And then I just thought it was awesome and kept going, kept getting more responsibility. And then so I was doing Kansas basketball, KU Hoops at KU Hoops. And I applied for the Nuggets job. Yeah, shout out. Uh, I applied for the Nuggets job, actually. So it was an easy transition in my mind from Kansas basketball to the Denver Nuggets. In no slam towards the Nuggets, just in the sense of like Kansas was huge. Um, and so I think that I was convincing enough, got the Denver Nuggets job and I showed up and they were like, Hey, also you get the avalanche. And I was like, sounds great. <laughs> and then they were like, also you get the mammoth. And I was like, Oh, it's getting intense. <laughs> um, but so I did Nuggets avalanche mammoth for two years, maybe three. And then obviously social media grew a ton. And so then I just went all abs and we built out the Nuggets side, hired into the mammoth side beneath me. And now it's a huge department that's really functioning like crazy in comparison to the fact that it was like six of us when I started six years ago. Yo, how, how has it, you know, from your perspective, what, what were some of the main differences from when you started to today? Uh, oh, everything. 
pretty much. Um, like people didn't post every day when I started. Like I, that was the first thing I did. I was like, great, the Nuggets are posting every day on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, to think that that's like wasn't a thing before is crazy to me. To think that people still don't post on their brand pages every day is crazy. Um, but it went kind of from like, what do we already have that we need to tell people about? To like, what can we create to give additional value to people? Which was cool to be in, in the process of that. And especially because the Nuggets and Avs, uh, that we were the same department, same company, like totally different voices, different content, different fans. So it's pretty cool to do both and sort of see something would be like, super popular on the Nuggets, we'd be like, let's do it on the abs. And then people would be like, we don't care at all. Like, thanks though. So I think the fact that we just became content creators instead of kind of just distributing content, it wasn't really like, oh, we need to, you know, break a trade. You're like, yeah, sure. We post about the trades, but then also what value can we give you by being around the team, around the players, around the fans? Um, I think that's also what differentiates a team account from like a reporter account would be the behind the scenes aspects that you're allowed to have. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to me that, you know, even a decade, 15 years ago, the only pictures people saw of hockey players were in the newspaper, basically. And yeah, now you can share that information within five minutes if they yeah. take a picture down at warm ups and then it's on the Internet. So it's super cool how fast it happens now. Yeah, everything. Well, it's kind of a race sometimes, right, to see who can post it first. But yeah, I always think. Teams have the advantage of larger audiences, so I think teams go for quality over timeliness, and I think that pays off. Um, and then it kind of makes it a balance, too, right? Some reporters are quicker, and that's their shtick, but teams, you know, you're going to get a really cool graphic, or you're going to get a cool video or something like, in yeah. addition to just the news. You're not going to get, like, this grainy-ass picture where, like, lighting <laughs> wasn't considered, and you're like, where where were you when this was taken? Did you zoom all yeah. the way in? Like, what? No, that what blob is Nathan this? McKinnon, trust me, it is. <laughs> I swear. It's really shitty, I, but I swear it's him. I just I just remember um we were we were sitting at Pepsi Center one day, uh Kale McCarr's first day. Oh my and gosh. like <laughs> Kale McCarr's first game, his first first time getting on the ice, and and AD had walked all the way around to the tunnel and was like <laughs> pictures pictures and you were just and you were just sitting there just laughing and, and it was zoom on my huge camera yeah and you were just you're like okay just waiting for it and it was so funny because he got on the ice and like five of us ripped off really grainy pictures that all looked identical and we're like we promise this is kale mccarr and you're like <laughs> click and it's like zoomed in and like you can see like the rosy cheeks and dude there's mccarr Great tweet. Yeah. It <laughs> was in the can for a couple of months waiting on that one. Nice. It was uh it was pretty interesting. <laughs> to say there that were, well there were there were a lot of like little moments like that where, uh yeah. over time where like I would see you would you would like post a picture and I'd be like, Oh, like I was standing right there. Like it's <laughs> this is cool to see what the actual picture looked like because you'll just yeah. Because I see you take the pictures, but I don't always see the actual picture. Yeah, well, I was thinking ten thousand and post four. So right, and well, because you're because it's like you're walking around just taking so many of them, and like I would say that was one of the other things that I thought was interesting was the progression of the camera over the years. Mm -hmm. Like, oh it's, yeah, it started out like on your phone a lot, yep. and you're like you're always looking down at the phone, looking down at the phone, and then. Yeah. This huge camera suddenly started going around everywhere. 
Yep. And then it was like, oh, crap, we need better content. Guess I'll learn how to take photos. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they used to, if you look like really far back on Ab's Instagram, like there was always something interesting about the photo that was like depth wise so that you couldn't tell it was taken on a phone. Like it, it was, you, it's really funny to look back. So I'm like, oh, this is on my iPhone six. Like, <laughs> now I could, I like couldn't imagine posting an iPhone photo to a brand Instagram page at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it was always entertaining from from where I sat just to like <laughs> see the progression over time and like see what like what things like you guys were like, oh, we've got to post this. And then like we would post yeah. something and it would be like, is like, was this worth it? Was this worth like the big race? <laughs> the big, yeah, because, true. I think we stopped, we all stopped racing kind of at some point. It was like, yeah, post different things. It, it felt like, okay, uh, well, like, Ryan's going to post, like, a 30-second video of Philip Grubauer in that, and then, like, you're going to take an up-close picture of somebody doing something, and then AD would take a picture, and I'm just like, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> like, this, you know, and it it, it was, I, I've always found that interesting, like, the different perspectives that, that were sort of clashing, and, and how we sort of were doing some of the same things, but not even really at all. No, I think that's why it works. That's why people follow the team and reporters, right? They're getting different stuff from everyone. Yeah, and then we would get into the locker room and it was always different. <laughs> because like the number of times that I've that I've done <laughs> interviews and you're like you're like 13 feet tall. And so like and like I'm super short and so it was all I always felt like there was like hovering <laughs> where I could like feel your presence like like lurking like Godzilla in the background where I was just like and then you'd just be standing there, and then you would end up taking pictures, and I would go on Twitter an hour later, two hours later, and there'd be a picture of, you know, Ian Cole, the the, the toothy smile, and, like, I would see, like, my phone turned upside down, because that's how I have, that's how I record, is I, I turn it upside down. Yeah. And, because I'm, I'm, I don't like when people have their phones, like, on, and the screen pops up yeah. when I'm, when something's being recorded, so I'm, I, just a habit I started a couple of years ago, but, like, it always made me laugh like uh, you would have like these picture and like you that that was like what you would post you like yeah. it was it was cool to see the way that like you like we bounced them the yeah. two the two jobs bounced off each other like that where we would go and interview and then you would be like okay well i'll just take pictures of the players doing interviews you didn't actually have to like, do the you, interview yeah I, I was like oh, i hope they interview him today so i need a photo and they wouldn't have been well too late <laughs> and like you didn't have to deal with any of the scrums nope like, because you were just, nope, don't need that. Before I zoom on, I just stand really far away and zoom in on it. Yeah, well, and, like, again, 13 feet tall, so you can just be, like, just right, like, high angle going down, like, easy peasy. Also the good angles, you know? Yeah. It, that must be an advantage. Of the few times I've actually been in the locker room, more than once I've seen someone bust out a stool to make sure they can yeah. get up and, and take the right picture or be able to to talk to someone like Nico, who's a giant himself. So <laughs> the, the playoffs, uh, when all of the TV stations show up that aren't there for the regular season, and these dudes literally go running down the hallway with the stools. And then they like set up shop and then they're like elbowing people out of the way. And you're just like, you know, I don't need to talk to any of these people that they're interested in anymore. Yeah. I'm always like, can we get that footage from altitude? Thanks. <laughs> I'm not getting that. <laughs> there have been times where like, I will use those altitude interviews to, for, for quotes. Cause I'm like, okay, well they're talking to that guy and yeah, I don't have to anymore. Cause I know that those are going to get recorded and 
I'm on my way. Yep. Go get some other info. There you go. Is that the key to doing it? Yeah. So, sometimes. You got you to learn how the game is played a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, we can take our first period break there as right now Colorado is learning how the game is played when it comes to sports books. And DraftKings Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook app here in Colorado with golf returning just last weekend. That's another sport you can now bet on between that, the KBO, UFC, and look, hockey and basketball are kind of right around the corner again now. So Lots of sports coming back, lots of action to get in on and get some skin in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, excuse me, secure and reliable betting app. So you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience and do whatever you want. As far as the betting goes, their odds boosts are super awesome. So be sure to download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, new users get up to $1,000 matched by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code DNVR again. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We also have, if you're looking to learn and smarten yourself up a little bit, MSU Denver Online as a great different option for going back to college if you're returning or for new students as well. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom with over 40 different degree programs and 750 different classes, be it online or in the classroom as things are starting to open back up again you can find your way to earn a degree. All right, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We're here with Emily Wade, the former Avs social media person. What is the most interesting content you've had to create for social media? I'm very curious here because we've seen crazy things from Altitude where they like have all the players try and tie a tie with their arms stretched out and things like that. But... I don't know how much of that is on the video production side versus social media. Most interesting. I think, um, well, the sort of like out of left field. Stuff yeah. It's never been done before. The first key bank trivia Sweden flyaway game that we did that year before we played in Sweden with Gabe and Tyson, Barry and Eric Johnson was one of those things that we were like, we've never done this. We honestly were like, we're not really sure how it's going to go, but we're going to take a stab at it because it sounded really fun. And it was obviously a partner with KeyBank and it was promoting Sweden. So it was like, okay, like, let's just do it. And it took, I don't think I slept for like a week beforehand just trying to prepare everything because I was like, oh, sure, I'll make it all. Like, I'll make all these (laughs) trivia questions, like terrible decision on my part. But then it was all filmed in an hour. So it felt like I like prepared for so long and then it's just like and then most of the stuff that was good I didn't even plan for they were all just really good at it so I was like why was I even like wasting my time preparing for this and then the follow-up being the match game the year after yeah which I well that was funny too because we cheated and they didn't know we cheated obviously they found out later unfortunately but that was funny because that took a lot of preparation too and like cheating prep like 
I was like, I'd like secretly figure out how to cheat without everyone else knowing. And like, somehow it's like, cause like if more people knew it wouldn't be as funny, right? Like we tried to keep it like, you know, like pretty genuine. So it was like conspiring with Ryan Graves and Mark Barbero to cheat at this match game that we were doing. Um, but I think both of those were like really fun. They were hard. They were hard to produce. Took a lot of time, and our video editors did an awesome job doing it. They did all the hard work afterwards. Um, but then I just think it was like it was interesting because it was just like here, like to let your personalities show. Like I couldn't plan for personality. You just put them in situations where they can be fun, and let them be fun and record it, and then post about it. How much? Uh, I know from my perspective what it was like being in the locker room as they continually got better. But how much easier was it to do that? To to just be like, hey, let your personality show as the team was experiencing more success and guys were happier to be at the rink. Yeah, it, everything is easier when the team is winning, no matter what. Um, the only thing not easier is responding to fans because there are more people responding to you all the time. Like your mm-hmm. response load definitely increases. Um, probably peaked in the beating Calgary, even just that night. Like I think we were logged in until like 3 or 4 a.m. just because so many people are still so pumped about it. And then the next morning starting all over. Um, I think it's way easier to do fun things and let them be fun when they won't be perceived as goofing off when they should be working hard, which I think is a very unfair thing that fans assume. Like, I think it's unfair to assume if they're making a funny video at 2 p.m. on a Thursday when there's a game on Saturday, like that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they're not focused on the game. That doesn't mean they didn't have a really hard practice beforehand. It's like they can balance working really hard. Like they get all their work done if they're about to leave the rink and then they have fun on camera. That doesn't affect the game at all. And I, but I do think people think when you're bad and then you post a funny video, they're like, "This is why you're bad." And it's like that's totally irrelevant. But once you're good, they never think you should be practicing instead. Everyone's just like, this is amazing. You guys are the best team ever. And that's just unfair to the players. Like, they're always focused on the game, even if they're bad games. Like, doesn't mean they were, like, not focused. So as the as the person who kind of has to, like, see, like, you get all of the craziness. Like, I know what it's like for me after games, after every loss, where it's just like, this is going to be at least two hours of like sifting through some of the madness for you. Like how long did it take you to kind of steal yourself against like the abs (laughs) would lose like five to nothing one night. And then the next morning it would come back and they'd be like, Oh, they didn't like, you know, here's, here's JT Confer having fun (laughs) at practice. And you would get four people who would reply and be like, why is it Jared Bednar fired yet? Yeah, like why well, yeah. why aren't they backskating? Yeah. Like how long how long did it did it take you to kind of steal yourself against just that that fan that fan's instinct to just be mad when they lose? Uh the 48 point season stealed me up real quick. <laughs> that was the perfect yeah. cure for taking anything personally at all whatsoever because that was brutal. Um But I just think it's, you just kind of have to laugh at it. And then also you just kind of get to know fans who are that way. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't recognize their name at all, I'm like, thank you, random St. Louis Blues fan for hopping in on mentions at 8am. Like, we don't care. Um, So, and and honestly, Avs fans, I think, I obviously don't have a ton of experience with other teams, but based on like who I follow and seeing other teams' interactions, Avs fans are genuinely really positive and Mm -hmm. nice. Um, 
despite losses. I think a lot too in the abs community, they kind of self-regulate like half the time. We don't have to say anything to a stupid response. Like other people jump in and they're like, wow, like, what do you mean? Like, it's like, it kind of self-regulates, which is cool. I obviously just want to be like, ignore them. Who cares? Like, doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. But it's just so much easier once you start responding to positive fans, the positivity just grows way faster. Um, even when you're not doing well, there's still so much positivity that it makes it easier because when you're sifting through all these hate tweets, you still get the ones that are like, thanks for responding to me or like, oh, love this photo of Tyson Jost. And you're like, OK, so we're good. Like everything isn't doom and gloom at 1 a.m. after a loss. <laughs> how much <laughs> do you have to resist? Like, like, how much do you have to resist? Like the really like like you're having a bad day. They've lost three in a row. And like you get that guy in the mentions who's like trade Tyson Jost. Like, how much do you have to, like, resist the, the sarcastic tweet where you're like, like, sure, St. Louis Blues fan, one, two, three, four. I will definitely run upstairs and tell some Joe Sackick what he needs to do to fix the team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we found the cure would be, like, screenshotting them and sending them to each other within our social team with funny responses because then you feel satisfied because someone like laughs with you but you're not responding to them um i mean i would never respond to anything like that anyway but it is sometimes like i'll be like okay i have to send this to everyone i know and just respond to them <laughs> and then get a laugh out of it or like all the group we travel with i feel like i was always in the group chat like sending really dumb tweets to them to be like check out what this guy said just keep it within Someone, keep it internal yeah. <laughs> don't need to make that public for sure <laughs> I'm very anti-trolling fans for retweets. I think that's a little bit controversial, which is weird. But I just think, like, yeah, you get a ton of retweets when you totally slam dunk on a dude. But, like, is it really worth it to be the brand that's just, like, making fun of people? Yeah. No, Makes especially sense. the abs. The abs are not making fun of people. Abs aren't going to pull any Wendy's out here. <laughs> no, not Wendy's is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so the Ryan Graves thing from this last year. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm glad you brought it up and not me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just curious. We're friends. We like, know each other when it, when I, it. I was miffed at first, yeah. and then I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. Yeah, I think it was funny. I, th I a couple people like I was. I actually was like, why do people take this wrongly? Because I think your tweet also could be interpreted a bunch of ways. But I think from the team, like you know, like I could see the people who were like dramatically over here and I saw the people who were like not you were wrong like I was like yeah I see it both ways whatever like you can interpret words however you want to interpret them in your head right um, like for the record I no I know I, I never said the dude was late like yeah but then you could see how the way it, it was, was implied read, right? like it yeah, like totally it like, like and it wasn't meant that way and like I ended right. up talking to Ryan the next day yeah. and it was yeah. it was just a thing and then like that night yeah. it was like the next game yeah. the instagram post of the gravy train <laughs> always arrives on time and i was like what which is funny arbitrarily without the like context but right no context it's just like a funny caption um i think though in general like that sort of thing i think it's cool when teams kind of like stand up for their players like obviously i i really didn't think it was like i didn't think people were judging right at all for your tweet by any means but it's just like this sort of like we're all on this one team like you know it's like yeah a way to like i like the people who took it negatively i was actually bummed because i think you could look at it and be like that's a funny way to sort of like here's the saga it ended whatever right? like come full circle like, right like it's fun and then and i think and i was glad obviously that it was like that you got there too because i think it was like we acknowledge this happened but we're not 
saying it was right or wrong. It's just saying like we support Ryan Graves, who is on time right now because it's like yeah. a little of him arriving, right? Um, I think there was like another time too. We were in Toronto, and I want to say we were on a losing streak because. I posted an Instagram photo and the team was like doing that football celebration thing, you know, where they pretend to take a photo of the defense. Yeah. That was Instagram and it was fun. And somebody commented and they were like, why are they messing around? Like you're on a five game losing streak or whatever. Like you should be practicing. And I like responded back and it was just like, they practiced really hard and had some fun at the end. Like calm down. They can be, everything can be in jest, right? You can do stuff just for fun. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, that was like up for t- interpretation, obviously, however people took your tweet, however people took the Instagram, but I thought it was fun, like at the end, like it was like a nice, like, okay, we didn't need to keep talking about it after that. Like it was like, ha ha, okay, stop. Like no more comments on the matter, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's how you took it, but you taught, you had spoken to him previously from that Instagram too. Oh yeah, like we had, we had talked about it yeah. and when it went up and I was just like. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's well played. <laughs> And then, know, and then one, I was of the, just, one of the things that you're like, I couldn't be mad because it's clever and then it's fine. Well, and I was just like, I was like, okay, like if this had happened to AD, I would find this hilarious. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I was like, all right, you got to laugh at yourself on this one. Like, and I'd already oh. like done the tour. Yeah. Yeah. And separating the Instagram from the Twitter, I think helps. Cause then some people like, we're like, we have no idea even what you're talking about. We love this photo of Rangers. Yeah. Like it wasn't as like quote tweet here he is like that would have been way too aggressive like not funny at all um I that would have felt way personal yeah that, that's like that's yeah. inappropriate <laughs> that's too far whereas this is more like it's also kind of clever right because people kind of like inside jokes like that's one of the yeah. things i think as social media has that's unique is like the people who knew what the caption was talking about were kind of like yeah and then the people who don't are just like cool photo of brian graves um, <laughs> like hey brian you know, graves like, is tall and good looking and there he is yeah. on time like, it didn't take anything away from the photo. It only added to this sort of, like, uproar, which is dramatic, yeah. too. It, was, it wasn't even a big deal. You, you you squashed it, and then the Insta, I thought, was like, haha, we all acknowledge it. And then we never really talked about it. Was, it was like 48 hours of all of Nova Scotia dunking on me. <laughs> and then it was fine. Well, and, like, I told Ryan that. He was like, you still getting a lot of tweets? And I was like, yeah. He was like, oh. And I was like, <laughs> oh. Because it's it sort of seemed like he was like, oh, I didn't mean for it to continue on. Yeah. Because like he and I talked about it, and we had the conversation and all, and I just thought it, the whole thing was capped off by Ian Cole advertising his watches, <laughs> <laughs> in which yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> Again, Breitling, so very entertaining. I, what I need, we've I learned need a here. Watch, come on, man. There you go. I, I think we've learned that to work in social media, you have to be made of rubber, you know, so the words bounce off. So Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable <laughs> local partner for your long-term projects. And Denver, Denver Rubber Company is an essential business that has filled so many needs for several industries, including military defense, government, wind energy, even food and beverage during these difficult times. These guys have been around since 1972 and are the absolute best at what they do, whether it be rubber snowplow blades custom rubber hoses, foam gaskets, metal parts, you name it. If you're working on any type of project, big or small, they can create something for you. So give them a visit at drcfirst.com slash dnvr or call to see if you can get something from them at 1-800-259-0010. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo, AJ, and Emily. As we kind of move forward through the abs years obviously the 48 season i imagine was uh 
a pretty hard set into the avalanche world, but what are some of the best moments from the following seasons when they made the playoffs and, and things like that? Um, definitely kill McCarr's first NHL goal. I feel like everyone says that, but just cause it was like, so unbelievable. Hard to argue like, against that one. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> I remember, like, I was, like, tearing up because I was just, like, because obviously I was, like, at his draft. And so I was, like, oh, my, like, I felt, like, personal pride, which is so dumb. But I was just, like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, the craziest thing to ever happen, which I do think, person like, that, like, like, everyone could feel that. So I was, like, it's not just me. But, like, it was just, like, one of those surreal moments that, like, who, when does that, like, that, that'll never happen again, probably. Like, who's going to do that? After all of the buildup, too, it was yeah. just, that was crazy. Um making the playoffs game 82 against the blues also i just think like emotional things um that for sure was i don't think no obviously we were prepared either way for a win we're in lose we're not in but like was not prepared for how crazy it was like there was like there was no way we could have prepared for just like the dog pile like just this like sheer like the sheer emotion that actually ended up coming out was just unbelievable and so cool that it was funny because i was like well we prepared and then probably did nothing that we prepared like honestly i think it was just more like okay this is how we're reacting now because it was you couldn't just get yay we're in like that wasn't the moment how, like, it was such a bigger moment how much of that is there how much content never sees the light of day just because it didn't line up with everything that happened the best piece of content that we never got to post was if nathan mckinnon had won the heart trophy uh, <laughs> our graphic designer I actually but I just thought this happens like still I'm so bitter about this every day but our graphic design team made this graphic I should like ask if they can post it someday just in the future well I guess maybe if he ever wins the heart they should use it but it just was like it looked like a newspaper like an old school old school newspaper headline and it had uh Joe from on the heart I don't know I'm not, I'm not remember who it is but it had our last two heart winners like in their celebrations and it like faded into McKinnon's cover and it was like literally the coolest graphic I had ever seen and the worst part about him not winning let alone that I thought he deserved it but I just sat there and I was like it would have been so people. cool yeah, our graphic design team kills it they spent like a week on this graphic oh. it was just like brutal <laughs> now it just so, gets to sit there and collect dust i know i'm like guys post it one day just like be like if i actually was i actually always thought i was like i wonder if we could do like a cutting room floor what is it called like something like yeah. that of like things we never got to post that would, but be, that would be number sweet. one on my list i just don't know is that like rude to do you're like I a like, like a what if kind of yeah. situation where you're like hey yeah. in an alternate universe especially like during quarantine that would have been that, great that actually yeah would have been great content um beating the sharks would have been cool we were we started that cool uh like the calgary flames froze over when we beat them we were going to keep going with that sort of thing for that playoff run all of that stuff would have been cool posted um i think uh the, okay the hardest part is like when you have a popular player that you're afraid of getting traded is that you're like gosh if i sit on this content of this guy and he gets traded i'm never going to be able to use it again but also like you kind of want to hold on to it for like that perfect moment yeah um so thankfully that didn't happen i don't i don't know that that really happened but it would be a, it was like always about like tyson berry was a hard person to cut out a lot of stuff for the rest of the summer just because he was in a lot of videos um, but I do think it's always funny because you're like, do I sit on this and just wait for the perfect moment or do I use it right now? Because I know, like, do I wait for, like, it's so hard. Um, there was one of Miko winking at the camera saying, go abs. That, like, was, like, my, like, I was like, this is the, 
<laughs> like this is the go-to and then he'll keep getting injured i'd be like well we can't use it while he's injured we're to keep sitting on it so maybe they'll use that one um, there we on go the turn. um i don't think that's like pretty much the nathan mckinnon heart stuff would have been really really cool um or any of the awards that year would have been cool for that matter but you know it was a great trip to vegas regardless it was, a fun, nothing. it was a fun trip to Vegas to do <laughs> was, absolutely was, nothing. <laughs> there was like a couple cool photos of Nathan McKinnon on the red carpet. Like I was like, okay, great. That's what I get, I guess. Um, oh, it would have been cool uh, for Kale McCarr to make the All-Star game this year. That was going to be a great yeah. content that would have given us, I mean, NHL would have had a ton of content with him too. That was just kind of a bummer to not get to take him to All-Star weekend his rookie year and, you know, like do that experience. Although getting... Landis Gog, Ranton, and McKinnon all there the year before was pretty sweet. Even if you McKinnon didn't get to play. He was there, though. He got to physically wander around. And then... he, got, <laughs> he got to put on a sock with Miko's face and Gabe's face on it. That was worth it alone. <laughs> <laughs> it was great I'm watching him coach, great. too, because he was... He was a great coach. I thought you that think was anyone really told him actually. to do his job as the coach? Probably actually. <laughs> I, I asked him about that one time and he was like he was like he's like, I'm never coaching anything ever again. <laughs> Only all-star games from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned you mentioned players getting traded. Like for you, I know what the deadline is like for us, where I'm a neurotic mess, <laughs> where the abs make a trade. They at the deadline this year at like six forty-five in the morning, and I'd just gone to bed and it was like, come on. What was it? What was it like from your perspective? Like these guys could get dealt. Like you've you've spent time around them. There's obviously like a different relationship. You know, I know I know how much it sucked when like again got traded, and mm-hmm. I loved spending time around him. And then it was just like gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. People ask that a lot. I think mainly like personally, whatever you know, like the coworkers, I suppose, but. You're always like, don't take the good content, people. I'm like, don't, don't. I'm like, I'm like, I have my go-tos. Like, don't trade him, please. Or, but so then that would always happen, right? Like, that even happened. Like the first time I was like Pickard in the expansion draft. Like I was like, yeah. Like we were like, yeah, I made sense, whatever. Like hockey-wise, I'm like, okay, whatever, do what you got to do. But I was just like, no, like he does our stuff all the time. Um, but then I feel like every time that happens, you get someone else who proves to be really good at content. So I'm trying to think of who that year. Um, who we got after that that I was like oh oh Yakupov like he came in and was like this content machine for like the first three months of the season so it always works out like I think I learned where you're like okay yeah it's a bummer when somebody who's really fun and fans love gets traded but then like always someone either steps up or the guy who's coming in has like this whole new perspective like um Belly this year like comes in and has this like wild energy like I would have never expected to be like oh he's like one of our go-to guys for something you need um after the Tyson Berry trade like or like I don't know people always come in and replace the, the personality which is good but it is weird right I mean I thought it's like weird for me and I hardly see them I can't imagine like being around them in the actual locker room preparing for games and then being like oh my, the guy next to me in the stall is gone right and it's like oh hey it's just a random new guy hi new guy yeah, it was. I, I know. I took. I took the Barry trade personally because Barry and Kerfoot were two of the guys that I I talked to like the most consistently, and then they were both just gone. And I'm like, yeah. come on. That one was only. That one was only brutal because it was like post. Like I thought we were done for the day. I was like, oh, did it close? Like cool. I was like leaving my desk, and then I was like, oh no. Like, no. like we had the presser. We talked yeah. to Joe. We had the phone call. 
we were on the phone with Joe, and then it was like 90 minutes later, I'm texting people trying to confirm this trade, and they're like, yep, it's done. And I'm like, what in the (laughs) world? I know. That was wild. That was, that was a brutal day in mentions. I think yeah. I tweeted after that something where I was like, I need a glass of wine. Like, just if <laughs> I was like, the mentions right now, like, but hey, that worked out. So that's what I always say. I'm like, whatever. Personally, I'm like, they'll do the best hockey thing there is, and we'll just figure it out. So the relationship with the Hurricanes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, to be fair, had no idea who was running at Canes when this happened. Like, genuinely, we were strangers tweeting weird things at each other. I knew the guy who used to do it, and I know who does it now. Still a mystery as to who we became best friends with. Amazing. Which is weird. I mean, yeah, just, right? just, I guess my, I guess my only question is why? Like, I, I just don't because? Know. Um, the Canes fan base is very similar to Avs, I think, in the sense of they are pretty positive. They, like, latch on to the storyline aspect. The Canes are so, so good at taking advantage of stories, right? Like, even if they're not that good at hockey, uh, they have an emergency backup goaltender come in and win in Toronto, and they ride it for a month, and everyone's obsessed with it, which is great. I, I think that's awesome. But I think that we were similar in our approach to social of behind the scenes of like being like, here's these big storylines. Like here's all these things you can all latch onto. So I think, and being East West, I think it made it easy where there was like all these Avs fans who kind of liked the Canes and all the, these Canes fans who like kind of like the Avs. So it was just like merging. I don't even remember how it started. I don't remember the first tweet about <laughs> being best friends, but it just I, exploded. I, I don't remember it. And then it was just like, Colorado yeah. and Carolina are just homies now. And like yeah. the fan bases, like, like you said, they sort of merged Yep. because yeah. then it was all of a sudden, like I was seeing a bunch of crossover, like a bunch of Canes <laughs> fans were in my mentions after games. Like yeah. Nathan McKinnon rocks. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, sure. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely don't remember how that started. It, there must've been one thing that started it, but I don't even, it was like two years ago. I don't even remember. It just, it was just one of those like little things that just happened. And now it's just like part of it. That's it's just that a thing now. Ads, yep. That's it. That's at social media. People like explain it. And I'm like, well, there's this one tweet. There was one Tyson Tuesday four years ago. And here we are now. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, the, the best content. Yeah. It takes it on a life of its own. It does. Can't stop the Tyson Tuesday train. I literally was looking at it yesterday and was like, oh, this is still a thing. Because I don't, like, regularly follow the yeah. abs Instagram just because I'm yeah. I'm old and, like, I shouldn't be on yeah. Instagram at all. Like, a, at some point, you just got to be like, enough is enough with the social media. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Instagram is, like, my line where I'm like, okay, this is the last one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw it yesterday and was like, oh, boy, that's still been going on for a long time. Like knowing yeah. we were talking to you today and thinking yeah. about it and being like, that, yeah, was that had to be first, her thing. No. Yeah. First inside joke I would say ever created was just, I don't even, I think it was just because it was like, it's June. I don't know. Like we didn't make the playoffs. We have pictures Here's of Tyson's. Tyson. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. What if we only had one when it started and then we drafted right. Tyson? And I was like, can't stop it now. Now we're just, we have the only two Tysons. Here we go. And like, well, then you did it like twice, twice, two times. They did, they humored us. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> but of they them. don't do it anymore. I know. Actually, I thought it was really nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't expect <laughs> that. Thank you. 
So getting into something just a little more serious um, from y'all's perspective, you know, we obviously we've seen organizations have been tackling, you know, how to make statements with black lives matter and, you know, uh, the, the pride nights were always kind of a lightning rod of conversation. Mm-hmm. How did you guys approach that? Like you and I guess the social media team, how did you guys sit down to try and craft, Hey, this is what we should say. How involved were you in, in making that message? And mm-hmm. like, what all goes into that? Um, yeah, no, we aren't drafting statements. Thankfully we have PR for that. Um, so that, you know, it's appropriate and what should be said um because there are a lot of things i always thought i felt like very confident in voicing uh opinions and the feeling and emotion of moments that happened like in game pregame stuff like that i felt very Mm -hmm. confident that i could portray that accurately i think that pr sort of things totally out of all of our wheelhouses and digital like our entire department i don't know anyone who could really craft a message that would make everyone happy so i was very thankful always that there was someone else doing that um but i think because you can only control what you control on social media right like you can only tweet what you're allowed to tweet or what you're given to tweet on some matters um but i think the best thing you can do as a manager is to cultivate within what you can cultivate right like you're responding to fans you're including fans you're not um being rude and exclusive, like the only way that we could really handle any of this was by trying to make the Twitter account pro pride or inclusive to all, or, you know, like things like that. We can't control the message that's being sent, like as we shouldn't be. And as I'm glad we're not, but you can control how you treat all of your followers. And Mm -hmm. I think it is like kind of a reward system where like when you're rewarded with a like, like that's not really what it feels like when you're doing it, but it's like, is that sort of like, Hey, we noticed the abs are interacting with accounts that a lot of other professional teams don't interact with for whatever reason, like they're supporting these things. We feel safer over there. Let's interact with them more. And that's what you can control as a social team, as opposed to a PR team who has the tough task um, for stuff like this. Um, And then I think also the responsibility is to go and be like, Here's what the fans want. Here's what the fans are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I feel like you're always the voice of dissent in a meeting because you're just like, this is what the fans are saying. Like, I don't think this, but FYI, this is how fans reacted to this, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad. And usually you're only saying it if it's bad because everybody knows when it's good. Um, so it does get kind of uncomfortable being the contrarian who's saying like, I don't know, this like might not go well. Like, I just know our fans pretty well. And people just thinking it's like, it's not me personally. I'm like, this is just what I think fans are going to say, or this is, I think the potential backlash that I could see based on what other teams said, you know, you try to like extrapolate what, you know, from being on Twitter all the time, but you're not always right. And it also doesn't always matter because they're going to say what they want to say. Right. And you're going to press tweet on it and just hope for the best (laughs) for the most part. (laughs) All right. Were there, were there any, big regrets is there any like was there ever like a tweet that you fired off where you were like i wish like looking back on it where you were like i wish i could not do that not a one i no not a one i always liked pushing the envelope a little bit and i always only did it when i could defend it so i don't have any regrets on that because i think they were all spot on um yeah no i've thought about that a lot like i'm like oh i wonder we could have done differently but i think it was all awesome i stand by all of it 
I think everyone loved it. Like, I don't see any reason to regret any of it. There wasn't, there wasn't one that kept you up at night where you were like, oh, I wish I could have worded this differently or I wish oh. <laughs> this might have uh, changed or whatever. Like something that just gnawed at you over oh. time. Oh, yeah, no, if if there was, like, a slight typo, like, obviously, there's usually not spelling typos. You know, sometimes, like, it just, like, it'll autocorrect or give you a weird comma yeah. or a weird spacing, like, that you don't really notice in the moment. That stuff kept me up at night all the time, but nothing, like, <laughs> wording-wise. But I would, like, to be, like, oh, my. I would, I, would, I would wake up at, like, 11 p.m. When, I, when it wasn't a game, obviously, I was awake. But 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and, like, check out all the time. Like, log into Ask Facebook and, like, check all the things. There's and no like, random I know comma, right? Yeah, I'm like, I know they're all right. Like, what is my problem? But I couldn't sleep until I checked them all, all the time. <laughs> or I would wake up with nightmares of, like, oh, it didn't say Tyson Jost. It said Tyson Most. Oh, God. Like, you know, I Tyson Most, it's fine. <laughs> I've done that with headlines where I'm, yeah. like, I, I get it in my head where I'm, like, I definitely got the wrong word in this headline and I go and I read it and I'm like, yeah. Oh no, I did that. Right. Okay. We're cool. Yeah, like, but for whatever reason, I was convinced like I was totally incompetent. Yeah. Well, and also like having a team, like my coordinators would be like, yo, this like literally says Tyson Bose. Like you're dumb. And I'd be like, retweet it. Retweet it. Thanks. <laughs> my bad. Like, you know, you're like running down the hallway. Like, I don't know what it says. Like, can you fix it? You do it. <laughs> that was me. All right. Well, I guess we're kind of wrapping up the show here. So, Emily, if you have anything you want to take the floor with, anything you want to say abs-related or not, want to plug something, feel free to go ahead. <laughs> for, for the record, there have been a ton of people um, in our in the yeah. comments on the show that have been giving you lots, lots of, love. of love. I don't know if you see oh, them. Thanks. Lots of love. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't actually haven't been looking. But, uh, no, I love abs fans. I think it's fun. I surprisingly keep tweeting about hockey. Like, I was like, I should stop tweeting about hockey. Like, so annoying. And then I'm like, I can't stop. I love Avs fans. So uh, it's fun to engage. I also think, yeah, I think Avs fans are special. I think the community is really fun. I mean, I'm biased because I grew up here, so I love the Avalanche. But I think the fans are really awesome. And I keep tweeting at them every day from my personal account. <laughs> All right. It has been interesting to see the rise of that account where, like, your personal account was like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Where I have time to tweet, you mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of time with the COVID stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I think I'm funny, so I just tweet things. <laughs> I need to amuse myself somehow. Awesome. How do I do it? Anywhere people can find you, I guess you can plug your Twitter at the very least. <laughs> oh, God. I'm a terrible follow on Twitter if you're looking for hockey. Don't follow for that. Maybe <laughs> if you want to be amused about dating in Denver or, like, wine, maybe I'm funny. Emily underscore Wade. Um, yeah, that's – I have nothing to plug. You probably already follow me if you know who I am. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's going to do it for the show then, unless, AJ, you got anything final to hit on. Honestly, it's just um... – it's cool. I haven't seen you in like months, so it was nice to catch up and <laughs> say hello and and see that you're doing well and uh, whatever whatever's next for you. I'm excited to see what that is. Oh yeah, get excited. Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear it. Uh, yeah. So I guess just thank you again, Emily, for coming on yeah. the show. Much appreciated. We're gonna get out of here for the day. 
This one comes to you from StravaCraft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that you can now purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig. They also have whole bean or ground as well. And you can purchase online and get 20% off when you use code DNBR. The CBD is non-psychoactive and has been known to help many aches and pains, so give it a try today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You know AJ and I will be back tomorrow. Have some more exciting content. I think we have another guest coming on on Friday. But for today, it was Emily Wade. Hope y'all learned something. Hope y'all had some fun. (laughs) And we will catch y'all on the next one. The NPR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. 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 Hayfully and Rudo.